It truly is an honor that he would honor us. And when he's in the room, it's hard to talk sometimes. He's so worthy. you Jesus we acknowledge you Holy Spirit that you're here you're walking among your people you're sitting next to your people because we love you people you're here for your people because you've been running after your people we acknowledge you Lord Even though he's not seen, we have to acknowledge him. Because one day we will see him. So, this, this, this week, actually a few days ago, the Lord kept repeating something to me that I was supposed to ask you. And it wasn't what I originally planned on saying or talking about. But he kept it on repeat, and I said, all right, I'm going to have to rearrange some things. And it's this question. What have you been eating? And no, I'm not a dietitian. Proverbs chapter 18, if you have a Bible... You're welcome to read along. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 18 mostly today. Proverbs 18 verse 20 says this. From the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. The word stomach here is from an unused root, probably meaning to be hollow. It can also mean womb. The word stomach can mean the ho- something that's hollow, okay, or womb. So it's interesting that he speaks of the yield of our lips. Fruit comes out of the womb. Stuff comes out of our mouth. So I repeat the question. What have you been eating? What has been coming out of your mouth that you've been eating? Because we all know that man and woman does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, right? We know that. But here it says, from the fruit of a man's mouth, his own stomach, From his mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. It's an interesting twist, isn't it? So the question is, another question, are you hungry? (laughs) If so, then it could be a sign 
that you need something more substantial or nourishing to eat. Um, how many of you know that, or how many of you have experienced going through a whole bag of potato chips and not being full afterwards? <laughs> Cheetos? Yes, yes, that's, now we're talking. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing how you can eat a lot of food, but if it's the wrong food, you end up being hungry afterwards. Um, how many of you have heard the saying, people refer to different types of food as either dead food or alive food? Yeah? Okay. So dead food is essentially any processed food or food without nutrients, typically. Alive food, now contrast that with alive food, which is uh, something, food that's in its close to its original form, okay? So fruits and vegetables, um, you know, poultry, fish, nuts, seeds, things like that. Now, continue on in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it eat its fruits. Death and life. What we eat can either be dead or alive. What we say can either be dead or alive. So again, the question, what have you been eating? And I don't mean just on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday. What do you tell yourself? What do you say about yourself? Have you been discouraged? Maybe you even feel dead inside. Maybe you feel hollow. If so, it could be because of what you were saying. Proverbs 10, 21 makes it very clear. The lips of the righteous feed many, but Fools die for lack of wisdom. Fools die for lack of wisdom. So that means that when individuals commit suicide, it's because they did not hear the right words. If, if that's what it says, then that's what it means. So if receiving words of death kills and receiving words of life brings life. And I used to think that this was some sort of, uh, you know, indirect analogy or something where if you had words of wisdom, you'd get a good job and you could pay the bills and things like that. And certainly that could be a byproduct of it. But I believe that it's far more direct than that. Um, a couple of weekends ago, um, the Lord put it on my heart to do a word fast. <laughs> Yeah, a word fast. So for a whole weekend, I quit reading the news. And I quit um, reading email. And I don't normally read email on the weekend, but I was reading it. Uh, I've been forming this habit of reading email on the weekend. I didn't even realize it. So I quit reading email and I quit reading the news. And Monday morning, I felt so good. It was amazing. 
what are you saying about yourself that the Father isn't saying about you? So that's the, that is, is the deeper question, is not just what are we saying about ourselves, but what should we be saying about ourselves? And we learn that what the Father is saying should be one and the same with what we're saying. What the Father's saying should be one and the same with what we're saying because often it's easy to hear something from God and to sit and not relay it to yourself or to others, right? Because we get afraid. We think, well, maybe this isn't that important. Maybe it doesn't matter that much because I'm just a fill in the blank, right? But something happens when we don't repeat what God's saying. It dies. <laughs> think about that. It's like we're aborting his words. So what could give life to someone gets withheld. My wife's been saying this for months, is, is, is that the Lord is saying to us, he doesn't want us to withhold anything. And I keep hearing it from different people as well. He does not want us to withhold what he's putting in our heart. Jesus said he only said what he heard the Father saying, and he only did what he saw the father doing and that's why jesus was able to be as a man powerful because he was simply following the lead of his father empowered by the holy spirit he showed us what we have access to he showed us what we can do and what we get to do and i'm going to speak something what we will do what we will do and if you're here and you feel like the enemy's put a muzzle over your mouth, it's time to open it. The enemy has hidden God's people long enough. Many of you have been buried under mountains of discouragement. And often, you're the reason why that mountain stays. And I don't say that lightly. I don't say it harshly. And I fall into that camp too. And I don't even realize when I'm doing it. There's a testimony of, an, of a woman we saw on YouTube just a week or two ago. She had, no exaggeration, over 200 different diseases and illnesses. And she didn't even know why she did it. But she would get her phone and she would look at her, her healthcare app or whatever. And she would read all of her different diseases and illnesses. She goes, I have this, I have this, I have this, 200 plus. And then she saw someone on YouTube that inspired her to do something different. She began renouncing every single one of those. And she said, no, I don't have that. And 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 some demons got mad, but they did go. And now she's healed of 200 plus. All of those diseases are gone. <laughs> Often we repeat and thereby believe what others say about us too. What are you saying over yourself that others are saying over you that's absolutely false? 
Because if it's not what the Father is saying, it's time to take it like a piece of trash and throw it out. It's time to dump it. Like a bad relationship. (laughs) Because there's something better for you. What has become so familiar that you have accepted it as part of you? When in reality, it's not a part of you. It's not supposed to be a part of you. It's just a partnership with the enemy. What has become so familiar that you have assumed it as part of your identity when in fact, it's just a partnership with the enemy? It's his identity because he's a sick loser. And he's going down, but you're not if you know Jesus. And by his stripes, we are healed. And if that wasn't enough, then we're doomed. I heard the Father say this in this context over you. I heard him say this yesterday. I have something better for my people. He has something better for you than what you've been saying about you. And it's going to bring your breakthrough. Um, a couple of years ago, I had a, uh, started having some symptoms, uh, gastrointestinal issues, and, uh, they were manifesting as, no pun intended, um, they were manifesting as potentially, um, I can't think of the name, (laughs) I'm drawing a blank right now, uh, Crohn's disease, um, and, and there was my, my blood counts were off. And so I was actually also referred to an oncologist. They thought it may have been cancer. This was about two years ago, like I said. And so when I got the blood work and I heard the news um, and there were additional tests planned and, and uh, visits with the doctor, I began to pray. I began to use my mouth. I didn't just say and accept that that was mine. I began to pray. Um, and I began to pray, and nothing happened. So I kept praying, and nothing happened. So I kept praying. And I said, you know what? I'm going to bother you. I did say this. I said, I'm going to bother you, Lord, until you answer my prayer. I'm going to keep bothering you. I'm going to annoy you. If you've ever read the, the Gospel of Luke, you know what I'm talking about. He invites us to, to bug him. He wants us to bug him. He's, he's, he's blessed. He is like so thrilled when we come to him for help. Because when we bug him, guess what that means? That means we're not trying to do it on our own. We, need, we say, I'm a kid and I just need help from my dad. That's it. It's that simple. I just want to say something. Jay, I had to say this. I forgot to say it. I, when you were up here dancing and I see you dancing and the joy that you have, oh man, I just saw the father like weeping with joy as he watched you dance because just sitting there watching it and just blessed, so blessed by it. Um, anyway, back to my story. So I, uh, I began, I kept asking him and asking him and I was one day, I wasn't asking him in this particular moment, but I was just doing chores around the house, which is, and he usually speaks to me when I'm not, 
asking for anything or talking to him. He comes and interrupts what I'm doing and talks to me. Um, And he said, you have been healed. And I was like, oh, okay, all right, I've been healed, great. (laughs) So I just kept going about my day, and a couple days passed, and I thought, "What what if that wasn't the Lord? What if I didn't hear him? Like, I started doubting. And, um, and for those two days since I heard that, I had been avoiding the particular foods that caused me pain. Uh, particularly, it was red meat and sugar. I didn't eat those because it caused me pain. It was, it was very uncomfortable. Um, and he, he, like, started nudging me, and he's like, do you trust me? Go ahead and eat those things. See what happens. I was like, okay. So I did. No pain whatsoever. About a week after that, I went back to the doctor, all the blood work, full blood panel. Everything was back to normal. And so faith looks different every time. Because if it was just some sort of formula that I could just do one plus one equals two, then, then it would, you know, I wouldn't have to relate to him. It wouldn't be a relationship anymore. It'd be a mechanical formula uh, that, that had nothing to do with him and everything to do with me. And so I go, well, one plus one equal two before, and I'll put them together, and this time it equals seven? Like, what's, this isn't working out, and that's, that's the point. It's not supposed to work out if I'm doing it on my own. <laughs> he wants to do it with us because it's more fun that way. It's a relationship with the most joyful individual in all the universe. Of course, it's supposed to be fun. He's like, why why would you want to do this on your own? I want to do it with you. So that that was for me. But for you, it might be, again, it might look different. It might be like for Ebony, where God said, I need you to lay down your job. I need you to put your finances on the altar and just trust me. And I need you to pray and just spend time with me and I'll figure it out. There are people here, I know this for a fact, you feel like God doesn't speak to you like he used to. So you say, well, if I'm supposed to be saying something different, if I'm supposed to be eating different words, but I don't know what he's saying, what am I supposed to do? Kind of a conundrum, right? You kind of feel stuck, perhaps. Like, why is he not speaking to me like he used to? I want to hear his voice, but he's not speaking. I don't know what to say about myself. I don't even know what I'm saying wrong. I don't know where to start. But before you start anything, you need to stop everything. Because unless the Lord builds the house, laborers build in vain. Unless the Lord watches, the watchmen stay awake in vain. Psalm 127. We can't hear God if we're not with God. Before you start anything, stop everything. Proverbs 2, 
verse 6. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth, come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. I heard Jesus say this yesterday, again, yesterday for you guys. He said, your breakthrough is hiding in the secret place. Your breakthrough is hiding in the secret place because he stores up sound wisdom for the upright, for those who walk in integrity. He store, it's already there. It's stored up for you, but it comes from his mouth in the secret place. So if you don't know what to say, it's just very, very simple. Go back to be with him and go like this and this. Just be still, be quiet. Psalm 37 says that those essentially who, be, who are still, who wait on the Lord, he will act on their behalf. The word act means to produce. When we're still, when we commit our way to the Lord, he is the one who produces. He acts like he did for Ebony. She didn't even know what was going to happen. She just showed up. She had sought him. She had surrendered to him, and she just showed up, and he acted. He produced $2,000 from a stranger who didn't know her. Your breakthrough is one sit down away. It's sitting on the other side of you sitting at Jesus' feet. <clears throat> One sit down away. Because when I'm, when I'm running around in circles, it's because I don't know what to do. Luke 10, 38. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord Jesus answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. 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 Not two, three, four, five, a dozen. One thing is necessary. And I know what many of you may be thinking when I read this. Oh, I've heard that passage before. I know, I know about that. But the question is, if we just know about it, the, the, are we doing it? Are we, are we sitting at his feet? Are we actually doing that? And, and it's not in a condemnatory way, not at all. It's just that it matters so much, and it's talked about so little. If Jesus said there's one thing, then there's one thing from which everything else flows. Everything, and I mean everything, and Jesus said it, not me. Everything flows downstream from love, from your intimate love connection with Jesus. Everything flows downstream from that. And if that stream is clogged up, there's no flow. And things get dry, and they get dead, and they get boring. 
and we wonder why. To sit at one's feet means to occupy the place of a learner. It's also a position of submission. And I don't know about you, but I have to resubmit to Jesus every day. Like it's a, he said, take up your cross daily. Sub- submitting to God, surrendering to God wasn't just something I did at the, when I came to him at first. It wasn't just something, an encounter I had with him at one time on a Sunday years ago. It's something I need to have with him every single day. I needed to sit at his feet because that's the one thing that I need for everything else to work. You know what? Even Jesus sat at the feet of God. Whoo! Man, if he needed to do that, I think I do. No one is above the need to sit at the feet of God. Even Jesus frequently slipped away to pray and be alone with the Father, especially when life was busy. When his ministry was the busiest is when he would slip away and people would say, where did he go? Like, this is the prime time to be standing in the limelight and standing in front of the crowds and Jesus is nowhere to be found. Actually, stayed left. I mean, he, was, he just disappeared. And they're like, what were you doing? I was spending time with my father. Jesus. Mary's response to Jesus was strikingly different from Martha's. Martha was moving, but Mary was moved. She was moved. You know what I'm saying? Like she saw in his eyes his love. And Martha's distractions didn't distract her. And anything that, that, that were loves before Mary became likes because she looked in the face of love itself. It didn't matter. Martha tried to pull Mary into her mess. It didn't work because she was too distracted with Jesus. Martha strove to control things, but Mary wholly submitted to Jesus's control over everything. Martha tried to change things on her own, but Mary came to the ultimate game changer. Mary understood something. When we first let Jesus speak in our sitting, we'll most powerfully move in our moving. Time with Jesus is not just a nice to have, but the ultimate must have. It is in sitting that you gain strength to stand. It is in listening that we learn to speak. And it is in stillness that we are able to move. So, a question. What has the Father already said over you? Just think about it for a minute right now. What has he said over you? Specifically, what has he said over you, maybe directly or through other people? And it hasn't come to pass. It hasn't happened yet. And you may feel like it's dead. That prophecy, whatever it was, the word that was spoken, the promise, it's as good as dead. It's how it's felt. But he is the God of the resurrection. And he resurrects people sometimes when he first resurrects words. 
So what words is he resurrecting for you today that have been buried under a mountain of demonic lies? What words has he spoken that you are going to say that you haven't been saying? What are you going to stop saying? What are you going to stop eating that you've been eating that's bringing death to your life? And I believe that he will be revealing that to you, not just today, but as the days go on. In fact, right now, Father, I ask that you would speak to every person here about what you're saying over them. And not just that, but what you've already said. And jettison and replace what you're saying with what the enemy's been saying. Lord, show us. We don't even know what we've been saying that's not good, that's not right, that's untrue, that's keeping us stifled, that's keeping us in place. So, Father, I just ask that you would reveal what you have for your people. And the, and the place you're going to find that ongoing is in his presence. That's why it's so simple. It's like when we get there, he speaks, and all the complexity that was out here, outside of his presence, it goes away because it was outside of his presence. And in here, it's simple. There's one thing. Just be here and listen. And then when he says something, then I know what to say and I know what to do. And when I go and I do and I say, it's empowering because it's me, not just me making something up and busying myself. Your breakthrough is hiding in the secret place. He's stored it up for you. It's already there. Isn't that cool? It's already there. He stores it up. You're not going to show up there and there's not, there's not going to be an empty box. There's going to be a treasure chest. And sometimes you won't be able to even contain all that he says. You can't even hold it. You can't even contain it. You won't even be rem able to remember all of it, potentially. I've had experiences like that where I just can't keep... I can't quit writing and, and, and listening. And he just, he just dumps out on us. I've talked to some of you and, and I've heard you say you've had experiences with the Lord. Paul, I'm probably going to get this wrong, where he felt like God was just had a dump truck and he was just dumping it on him. And he was like, no, 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 stop. I can't handle anymore. <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's what we need. We need to be overflowing. We need to be overflowing, not empty. We need to be overflowing, and that happens with him. And, and, and there is something to do. There's a lot to do. Don't get me wrong. But we know what to do when we listen to him. <laughs> so what's he saying to you right now? Some of you might be coming for a new, fresh word, and that might happen, and that's good. But the new word is to remember the old word that's already been spoken, I think, today. If God said it, and you know it was him, then it will come to pass. How many years did Abram wait for the promise to come to pass? 25, something like that, right? 
And he didn't even see its full fulfillment. He saw just a, just a glimmer. He saw one, one individual born and then some of his descendants, but he didn't see this. He didn't see what we see. How long did Joseph have to wait in jail? Like 13 years, something crazy like that? I mean, you know, God, God works on his own timetable. It doesn't mean that we can't pursue him and say, hey, I want you to speed that up. And it doesn't mean that we can't have that happen. But, but just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean that it won't happen. We cannot let what we see eclipse what we have not yet seen. Because that's the wall sometimes that we, we can't see through it. We see with our physical eyes, oh, it didn't come to pass. But it's just on the other side of that. So we need to remove what we see so that we can see what has not yet come to pass. Paul said this to Timothy. He says, this charge I entrust you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. If you're discouraged, it could be because those prophecies that have been spoken over you, you have assumed them to be dead. And I say right now, I declare that God today is resurrecting those things that he's already spoken. He's bringing them back up out of that demonic mountain. And we say mountains move in Jesus name. Amen. And you're going to have what God says you're going to have. And you're going to do what he says you're going to do. And you're going to say what he says you're going to say, period. If you agree with me, raise your hand. Come on. There are dreams that have seemed to have died, and he says they're coming back to life. So I want to close with sharing uh, a testimony, and I wouldn't have done this unless God put it on my heart to do it. Um, so I, uh, about six weeks ago, I just published my first book. <laughs> It's called Sidestep, What the Enemy Doesn't Want You to Know That Can Change Your Life. And I would have never written a book. And in fact, right in the preface, the first words in the book are, um, it was not my plan to author a book, but here it is. <laughs> so God just does stuff sometimes. Um, but, but something occurred to me when he began to write a book through me. Um, and not to say that everything in it is perfect, it's not. But... Um, when I was in Bible college, right out of high school, I remember the Lord saying to me, uh, one day you will write. And with, he didn't say this, but there was a sense that I would write about the age of 40. And that is about when I started writing. Um, but a couple of years ago, I, midway through writing this book, it took me a while to write, even though it's not very thick. Um, so what happens when you listen to the Lord and he's not ready for something to happen yet? You just, okay, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Okay, one line I get today. Great, all right. <laughs> 3,000 words tomorrow, I get 50 today, you know. Um, so one thing, I, he let me in on a conversation. So the Lord wasn't the only one that had prophesied over me. 
that I would write. And I just kind of filed it away when I was younger. And I, oh, whatever, okay, cool. Um, other people prophesy over you. Did you know that? When someone says something about you, they're prophesying over you. When you say something about yourself, you're prophesying over yourself. When you pro say something about someone else, it's the same thing. The enemy prophesies over us every day. Revelation says that day and night he makes accusations before the Father and on our, against us. And I heard the Lord let me in on a conversation between Satan and some demons while writing this book. And I heard him say, I don't ever want this thing to see the light of day. I heard him say that. And um, the first day it came out, maybe the second day, it was a number one Amazon hot new release. I do not know how that happened. Six weeks since it was released, just this last week, it became a number one Amazon bestseller. And there are others in here who have books in them. I just want to say that. Bjorn, sorry, I had to. <laughs> now everybody knows. <laughs> um, but it might not be a book. Um, but whatever it is, God has something unique. And, and Tony mentioned it. We, there's joints and there's ligaments and we all have a role and it's all, it all matters. Because if, if my, Max knows this, is it your ankle, Max? Where are you, Max? I don't even know where he is. Is it your ankle that, yeah. If your ankle doesn't work, what happens? Like you can't walk. It's just one part of the body, right? So it's something different for each of us. And, and the Lord is saying, I want to do what I said I would do. Just let me. Just say it. And that might take the form of prayer. It might take the form of prophecy. It might take the form of pursuing him. He's going to let you know in the secret place what you're supposed to do. I don't know, but he does know. So I would... Um, Oh, and, and the reason why this came about, even though I was discouraged many times, is because I kept, I kept remembering what he'd said over me. I kept pushing through, and I'd fight the enemy. And, and imagine spiritual warfare. It's a book about spiritual warfare, right? Um, exposing the enemy's lies. So I, I would encourage you guys to get this book, not because it's my book, although partly, yes. Um, <laughs> but I think it's... It, it, it will cause a shift in your life. Um, the truths in it. The book won't, but the, but the truths in it. Um, many hours of prayer over this, that it would touch people's life. And, and in home group a few weeks ago, I saw this picture. I had a vision during worship of, of the father with, he was wearing a robe. And he was, he was as if running toward a, his prodigal son or daughter. I saw him like hunched over running like this, like madly running back and forth like this. And his robe was just flowing back and forth in the, in the wind. And he was just running toward people. He was pursuing people. And, and I saw that vision, but then later afterward, I shared it. And then Bjorn told me, he said, when you shared that vision, I saw the father doing that while they were reading your book. And, and so I, I believe in the power of words. I wrote a book. So whatever they are, like, it's amazing how many dry, discouraged souls there are. 
like what you have to say that father's included you in on that he is saying to you for yourself for other people you might be the only person that that impacts that other individual in their whole life i mean there are so many people out there that are just dry and they don't ever hear god's words and he wants to use you to do it not just words but actions like i'm so i just want to say i'm so blessed by pastor doug and like he, 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 he lives what he preaches. He's out there in the parks, putting his life on the line and reaching the unreachable. And I just, it just blesses my heart. And, and I just, yeah. So whatever it is for you, whatever that is, like, he wants to use you. Father, we just thank you for, uh, for pursuing us, for running after us and loving us. Um, Thank you that you love your people. Amen. I did want to mention that I have some, uh, if you would like to get the book, um, I printed some bookmarks, some free bookmarks. They're out uh, as you leave. You can pick them up. There's a QR code. You can scan on it, but it's a bookmark with a Bible verse on it. Um, you can grab one if you want, if you're interested to get it. It comes, it's in uh, paperback, ebook, and audiobook if you have a different preference on that. So. God bless you guys.